Hello, comic creators. Welcome back to the Comics Connection podcast, a podcast where we talk to you about the business and creative realities of being a professional comic book creator. I'm Gamal. He's Andy. And today we're going to go deep into philosophical and psychological stuff. Let's put it that way. Let's be as specific as yeah, possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to actually be talking about three different types of pushback that comic book creators inevitably are going to have to face and deal with and manage no matter what type of comic book career you're planning to have. So we're talking specifically about criticism, rejection, and indifference. Now, the way we're going to define these three things is criticism being, sorry, any kind of negative feedback on work, creative work that you have done in any aspect of comics, um, where rejection is the full-on, I whoever you're trying to pitch this story to, whoever trying you're trying to get work from, they simply tell you they do not want you for whatever it is that their needs are. And indifference being kind of the polar opposite of that, where they don't, no one says anything about your work one way or another. It's almost like you never did anything in the first place, even though you might have spent months or years of your life developing this particular project. Now, in the broader sense, that's, you know, those are the definitions that we're working with. But if you're a comic book creator, depending on the type of work that you're doing and the type of book you want to get out into the world, you might have these things might actually manifest themselves differently. So if you're a freelancer, then your criticism might come during your portfolio reviews or when your book actually comes out and people start to, you know, ingest it and offer their opinions one way or another. Um, indifference might just be your submissions in into various publishers, but you don't get any response at all. But if you're a creator-owned individual, your rejection may come in the fact that you keep giving pitches to publishers and publishers keep coming back and saying, this is not the book that we want. And But criticism, I mean, rejection from an independent side is you actually put the money and the time and the creative energy into a book and the book does it sell. The retailers don't pick it up for whatever reason or the people that you're trying to sell it to don't buy it. So Andy, you've actually, because you've been in the industry a significant period of time, and you've been kind of on both sides of the of the table in terms of trying to get your stuff out there and people trying to pitch stuff to you, can you talk a little bit about your experiences with each one of these concepts, criticism, rejection, yeah. and indifference? Yeah, so... Criticism, uh, and and I'll I'll push back a little bit on your definition and say criticism can also be positive. It doesn't have to be negative. Okay. Uh, um, so you can get really positive feedback from from somebody that's doing a critique. But I think of criticism as like I'm presenting the work and I and I want feedback. Mm -hmm. You can get criticism if you just submit something and it gets rejected or accepted. You, there might be an aspect of that with it. But you know, generally, like if you go to a portfolio review. 
I mean, sure, it'd be great if somebody offered you a job on the spot, but you're not applying for a specific job. You're not saying I have this project. I want you to publish it. Yes or no. Mm -hmm. You're saying I'm working and I'm still building my skills. Do you have any feedback for me so I can grow? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So the best thing, if you're looking for the criticism or asking for criticism is to do as much of sort of checking your ego at the door as possible right? Mm-hmm. Because they're going to talk about your work. It's not a judgment on you. It has nothing to do with you. It just has to do with the pages or the story or the script or whatever it is that's in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so if you can just, as much as you can, remove your ego or personal attachment to those things, and you know whether it's face-to-face or it's you know a written feedback that you get later, try your best to absorb it, if you find yourself kind of pushing back against it, well, that's not exactly what I'm going for, or, you know, like, well, that was intentional or whatever, that's fine. But like, give yourself a chance to let it sit in. Mm -hmm. Um, You're getting feedback, which means that, you know, if your intention was something, they're commenting on something and you're like, but that wasn't my intention. You're like reacting to what I wasn't intent to something I wasn't intending. Well, there's still an issue there potentially, which mm-hmm. is whatever it was you were intending did not come across, mm-hmm. which is a communication issue, right? So there's, there's a lot, once you learn how to sort of, you know, sort of take it in and digest it and sort of parse it out. Um, and then you learn like, can I do this better? Can I you know, can I, can I make this stronger? Does this advice really apply? Does it not? And again, just take that personal thing out. They're not being a jerk. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a way to give critiques where you are being a jerk. Hopefully mm-hmm. you're not getting those. Um, on the flip side of that, as a person giving a critique, I have a pretty simple sort of, you know, kind of three point process that I generally try to do. And, you know, the first is I try to find something overall positive to say so that, you know, hey, at least this thing works. Mm-hmm. Right. Like at least he, you know, he likes the color blue, you know, or whatever it is. And then, and then if there's something that I think really does need, does need some work, I'll talk to that uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit about here's what I got out of it. Here's what I think you're going for. Here's what's not connecting for me or why it's not coming across. And so you can kind of analyze that. And then I try to offer up a possible solution. And when I offer up a possible solution, I try to make it very clear. I'm not suggesting that you should do this. I'm not trying to write your project for you, or I'm not trying to draw your pages for you, but this is something that could help. The reason I do that is because very rarely is that the solution that a person uses, but sometimes it helps to have something to go, oh, I see what you're like, I see why you're saying that, but I could do this thing instead. And then you're kind of making it yours and getting it across. So um, I also try to be polite. Mm-hmm. I try to make sure it's not personal when I'm giving feedback. And so if you're in a position to give feedback, I, I recommend sort of using that uh, that sort of approach to it. It seems it seems to work very well. I very rarely have people getting angry at my feedback. It does happen sometimes. But, um, but that's just, you know, that's critique. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do a lot of that in Comics Connection or in Comics Experience courses and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, you know, so I do quite a bit of that. For rejection, that is something where you are asking specifically, like I, like I want you to, you know, get involved in this or financially invested in it or mm. what have you. Um, so that com- carries generally that carries a lot more risk with right. it. Um, so when you're submitting a project for publication, there are a thousand reasons why a publisher might say no. Mm. There are only a handful why they would say yes. Um, 
we at, at CEX, we try to make sure we get back to everybody that submits. Um, we don't take a lot of submissions, and this is kind of why, because <laughs> we yeah. actually do respond to everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, again, with t in terms of taking the in terms of giving a rejection, you know, you just try to be as gentle and polite as possible. I also try not to give too many details. I used mm -hmm. to kind of say, "Here's here's." kind of why it doesn't work for us it it's a genre we don't do very well or it's you know we don't have the marketing support for it, or our title counts are too many or whatever and that just gives what i've found is that gives people the reasons to argue right um so just, so i have generally cut that down and just said it's not a good fit for us at this time and just kind of leave it at that um but i still try to be polite and thank people for for giving us the opportunity to review it that kind of thing in terms of somebody who has submitted plenty of pitches and projects and that sort of thing and and gotten plenty of rejections i've also gotten some acceptances which is nice but um they uh they hurt uh like there's no there's kind of no way to get around that because you generally have put yourself out there like this mm -hmm. is your work and to some level it is personal as much as i was saying like try to keep your ego out of it that advice applies here it's just difficult to do that mm -hmm. um so, you know, if you find that you're, you're hurt or you're angry by a rejection, uh, don't reply to that email right away, mm -hmm. <laughs> like get, maybe give yourself a, a day or two to just kind of like chill out on it. Um, again, it's, it's in all likelihood, not at all personal, um, you know, often you won't know the person at all who's rejecting it, um, and it takes a hundred rejections for every one acceptance. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, there's a lot more rejections in the publishing world than there are acceptances. And so it's a reality that if you're going to be submitting and giving somebody the opportunity to say yes or no, you're going to hear no a lot. But often it has to do with something on the publisher's end that has nothing to do with your project. Mm -hmm. um, like it could be that we've got a project that's sort of similar-ish you know, mm -hmm. in genre or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, has really nothing to do with the quality of your project. So as much as you can remind yourself, it's that the rejection is not necessarily a statement on the quality, mm -hmm. um, the better, and then just keep at it, get those critiques so you can keep getting better so that each project you're submitting gets better than the last. Also, you know, in the, in the comics landscape, like you, I run into this a lot where somebody will submit to one publisher and wait for a rejection or acceptance before they submit to somebody else. Don't bother with that. Submit to the publishers you think you, you'd want to be in business with, or you think would like the project. Don't just hit every single publisher under the sun, like be targeted mm -hmm. about it, but you can submit to multiple publishers at the same time, because talking about indifference, you're probably not going to hear one way or the other from most of them. Right. Like it's actually pretty rare that you get a, that you get an actual rejection. Mm -hmm. It's usually just silence. And for, like for me, because I've been doing this for a long time, like I've got a pretty thick skin now about you know getting rejections. Like it, it doesn't really bother me uh, on a personal level anymore. I just kind of move on to the next thing um, or the next you know person I'm going to talk to. <laughs> but uh, I hope you know. Hopefully, I can learn something from it. But um, but it's the indifference thing that that still kind of irks me like you you know i took the time to put this all together you opened up your submission or you said yeah go ahead and send it i feel like you know some response would be just sort of professional courtesy which is mm. you know i believe that when i'm submitting something so when something's submitted to me i'm mm. trying to make sure i give it back um but uh 
but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of just not hearing back at all. Um, or like you were saying, an example is the work gets out there and there, and it's just kind of crickets out in the world. And you don't mm -hmm. know if people really liked it or not, or if they even read it. And, you know, that can happen. And again, that may not have that much to do with the work that could just have to do with it was a slow week. People didn't pick up the book that week or they hadn't read it yet. Or, um, you know, we are quick to especially those of us uh which is most creators i know that have like a bit of a you know, imposter syndrome or a mm -hmm. fragile sort of ego you know sort of thing um you know it's very very easy and very very common for us to be like people hated it mm -hmm. and we just we assume that the reason that we're not hearing something has to do with us having done something wrong when it could be again a myriad of other reasons why that's the case you know but there are very few projects that people really talk about like mm -hmm. a lot like that is very very rare so if people read it and they like it you know they may be like oh yes yeah, i really enjoyed this this book by artist x or by writer y i'll check out the next thing that they do and that that type of thing could be happening without you ever knowing it because they're sure. not necessarily going online and and chatting up that kind of thing. So again, like all of this is like all of these things we're talking about are ways <laughs> that can crush people's soul, but hopefully <clears throat> you can kind of prepare yourself so that that doesn't happen, that you don't just jump to these conclusions and assume that you're terrible at what you're trying to do, but also wherever you can learn and improve, mm -hmm. you want to be doing that. Um, and criticism is the most direct typically for that. Um, also too, in any, any of these stages, any of these things, you're talking about usually one person's opinion, maybe something goes into a committee for a rejection, mm -hmm. but like there, there's still just one perspective. I have a lot of knowledge about how comics work and how the industry works, how art works, how social art specifically works. Likely, hopefully, you know, when I give a criticism, I give a critique, there's valuable stuff in there, mm -hmm. but it's still just my opinion. Right. You know, so, so take what works for you, but that doesn't mean that, that like you have to do everything the way you think I would want to do it or the way whoever is critiquing your work would want to do it, but take what they say and see what you can use from it just to improve your own work. The goal is never to create a bunch of artists or writers who write or draw the same way mm -hmm. it's to give you the building block so that you can develop your own unique voice uh in the world okay okay there's a lot of good stuff in there and but what i want to kind of folk drill down and focus on is this kind of kind of what one of the things you said towards the end where you talked about the i guess the creative mental and psychological impact of having to deal with whether it's professional criticism or public criticism or indifference or rejection, how do you find that as can detrimentally impact a creator's, I guess, drive to keep making comics if, you know, they're getting, they're hearing a lot of crickets or they're getting a lot of rejection or there's a lot of like, critique either publicly or professionally that's kind of in conflict with what they're trying to do? Uh, it's a good question. Um, it, it, it can be really, really hard and it can be pretty, um, it, it can be really brutal for a lot of folks. 
Um, and, 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 and it bothers people that have been in the business for 20 years or 30 years, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm, I'm in a bunch of sort of private professional groups and, you know, I see it all the time. I was, you know, like my work just got <laughs> raked over the coals over here. And often it's by somebody they don't know, mm-hmm. um, or it's by somebody that doesn't know better than how to do it in a you know more constructive way, or it's by people who are trying to to do it in a destructive way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially on like social media. And for whatever reason, social media just seems like a place where where trolling is is the the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the things that I do is I stay off social media. I don't particularly enjoy most social media. I have other places where I interact with folks a lot. Um, you know, I'm on it a little, but I kind of jump on and see a few things and then jump off usually mm-hmm. it doesn't take long before i hit something that just um makes me feel like whoever wrote that was a jerk mm-hmm. and then i leave because i don't want to be hanging out with jerks mm-hmm. so um so there are active things like that that you can do to uh to sort of save yourself some of that pain by just avoiding it mm-hmm. um i actually recommend that to a lot of professionals the pushback i usually get is i feel like i need to be on social media to promote my work and that sort of thing um You'll talk to different people, we'll give you different answers. But in my experience, the amount of time people spend on social media versus the amount of followers and people who actually buy their books that come out of it is not an equation that makes much sense. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so I would kind of, you know, I wouldn't say like, hey, only lean into people that love your work, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, my mom loves everything I do. It's great. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> that doesn't mean I should just be like, well, then I'm awesome because my mom likes it. But, but it doesn't hurt, you know, when people do respond positively to your work to, to let yourself like soak that in a little bit too. Don't just soak in the negatives. I used to work with a lot of artists that would, you know, there'd be, you know, people would be raving about their art, but one person would nitpick a hand. Mm-hmm. And that was all, it was, it was like, that was the only thing that they saw. And it was like a 10,000 people saw said it. Yep. Um, so trying to temper, you know, how much of that you let in and how much you let it build within in you, but um, also build yourself an actual network of friends and, and colleagues, people that are either, you know, if you're trying to break in right now, other people are trying to break in. If you're kind of newer in the industry, you've got a couple things that have come out, you know, hopefully you've got some, some friends you can network with people you can network with that are, you know, similar spots to you, maybe a little ahead, maybe some that are a little behind where you are. Um, but people who actually like care and can kind of ground you, like mm-hmm. having that, um, really it's emotional support is what we're talking about. Having a, an emotional support uh, network is incredibly helpful. I mean, we do it on Comics Connection. We've got uh, we've got a channel where we kind of, you know, if somebody's having a bad time, they can post on there and we can all just kind of commiserate, like mm-hmm. you know, whether you've had something similar happen to you or, you know, it takes a while to go through it. You can just sort of be there to 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 pump people back up and also try and kind of bring them back. You know, if they're, if they're kind of going down a rabbit hole or something like that, try, try and give, you know, lend a hand, you know. Yeah. Uh, so those are those are the main things. Um, when I get super hyper-focused on comics and only comics, either it's something I'm working on or something that's coming out, um, and I block everything else out, you just I just lose perspective. 
completely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I do is I make sure I've got, you know, friends and family around and that I'm spending a, a decent amount of time, you know, with them uh, to remind me that this is not what happens in the next issue of Nightwing is not the most important thing on, on planet Earth. There are other things that are important too. Um, well, since I haven't read an issue of Nightwing in like a decade, I'm going to have to actually agree with you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the way that I usually, cause as, as someone who has actually put out some fiction and put out some nonfiction of my own, I do... um, identify with the idea that I could get 20 reviews and 19 of them could be five-star reviews. And if I get one three-star reviews, somehow I've forgotten instantly all of the other like positive reviews, which doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't make practical sense, but that is what happens. And I think there's a, there is a tendency there is a unfounded tendency for comic creators to kind of be looking for this universal acceptance and universal acceptance isn't really a thing. There is nothing that everybody likes, even if a lot of people, even if it might be the quote unquote most popular thing, that does not mean everybody liked it. Um, The example I always give is um, Avengers Endgame which made like $2 billion. But if you break that down in like ticket sales, that's only like 400 million people, right? And if 400, if the total, and that's worldwide, if there's 8 billion people in the world, then the vast majority of people in the world never saw this thing, even though it is technically the most popular and the most profitable thing, you know, that has come out in that industry. So what I try to tell people when you talk about difference, criticism, rejection, is there's like three or four things that if you hold on to these things, it will like kind of help digest these, um, what could be negative experiences. One, if you actually are really love the story and the craft of putting that story together, so that is a benefit to you in and of itself, then whether someone outside of that rejects it or accepts it or ignores it completely, is it really important to you because you're focusing on the work, which is one of the reasons I always tell people, write the, do the story you want to do, especially if you're doing creator-owned or independent work. Don't do the story that you think is going to sell or you think is popular because the genre is popular or anything like that, because you're look you're setting yourself up to only get gratification from outside sources as opposed to loving that work itself the other part is to kind of like you said expect pushback from certain points or expect of the, the void nothing to happen at certain points and make that a part of your process um you probably read the book on writing by Stephen King where he when he got, because as he was coming up as a writer, he had to send out a lot of like pitches to like magazines and stuff back before the internet. And someone went through the trouble of writing him a letter, putting it in an envelope, mailing it to him to reject him. And this happened hundreds and hundreds of times. And what he said he did 
was he was because he was living in a small space because he was a writer he was just starting out he had a bunk bed and he would nail the rejections to the ceiling of over his bed so that at a certain point he had the hundreds and hundreds of these rejections just nailed to the ceiling which kind of sounds like the beginning of a Stephen King movie because it sounds like he just got to go and say sure does murder all the publishers who said to rejections but he kept on writing and got through that process and that was part of that was part of his process getting rejected and understanding that rejection and i think a lot of it comes down to when we, especially when we talk about marketing a lot of negative criticism especially when you're talking about the public negative criticism rejection or indifference comes from the fact that you are putting your project in front of the wrong group of people every project has that's a really good point yeah, yeah every that's a really project good point has its its audience and if but if you take the perfect project for the right audience and put it in front of the wrong audience you are going to get negative feedback if you take a historical rom-com and you send it to like i don't know coffin comics or a publisher that only does like horror books they're going to reject it not because of the quality of your book but because that's not what they do it's kind of what you were saying before there's a dozens of reasons why a publisher might reject your book but that may be because it's not the right fit for them not because it's a bad book so if you're if your process of getting critiques and getting rejections and dealing with indifference is you understanding that you simply haven't found your audience yet that is something that can help you psychologically kind of manage the inevitable negative kind of flow that comes from being a creative artist, you know, in the environment that we're living in. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense to me. And it's, you know, I like, A, that you organize your thoughts on this beforehand. Well done. <laughs> As if you knew what the topic was going to be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, 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 your, your point about every project has an audience is a really good one, I think. And, and one I didn't hit on at all, but, you know, I mean, I talk a lot as a publisher of like, is this going to do well in the direct market? Like, is it going to do well in the comic shops or is mm -hmm. it going to do better in the bookstores or is it going to do better uh, on a crowdfunding platform? You know, so sometimes even where it is going mm -hmm. matters quite a bit. Um, as can format. Some people prefer to read specific formats over over exactly. others so there's yeah there's a lot there's a lot of stuff like that that has like nothing to do with the story or the art that uh mm -hmm. that that could matter and a lot of it's i mean until you've done a few projects a lot of it's really guesswork i mean you can look at other projects that are out there and go i think this is most similar to maybe these three and they did well in these places with these audiences and you can you can you can do your best to kind of shoot mm -hmm. uh shoot there uh, but there's nothing like the uh, the actual feedback you get once you put a project in. Exactly. Once you have something that starts working, you can you can hopefully build off of what worked. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing that may have a lot to do with it is who it is that you're targeting in terms of your um generation. What outside factors are going on? that have nothing to do with your book, but they are part of the cultural landscape when your book comes out. It could also be an issue of timing. Like if you put, like if you have a Halloween book and you put it out in February, well, okay, it's not 
it's going not going to have the same kind of response that it would have if you put it out in September or October. So when you're, we are talking about things that are mental and psychological impacts on your creativity, but there's a lot of practical and a lot of kind of business things that you can actually do to kind of wrap your head around those process those processes so that you know that yes it's it's not going to be a necessarily a positive experience to get rejected or to hear crickets or to get an, a bad critique but it is part of that process and as long as you're going through the process and you understand how it fits into the process it may be a little bit easier to digest. So we're going to wrap things up there. Um, we actually have conversations along these lines in Comics Connection on a weekly basis. So there will be information in the show notes on how you can um, check out Comics Connection and get a free month free month um, of your membership so you can check out everything that we're doing. So until next time, I'm Gamal, he's Andy, and have fun with your comics.